That's what it sounded like at Sunday's Enchanted Purim Parade at the Schwartz-Riesman Jewish Community Center in Vaughan, Ontario. About 2,000 people watched as the Ashkenaz Festival Parade Band marched through the lobby, accompanied by a stilt walker and giant puppets of the main characters of the Purim story. There was even a make-your-own hamantaschen bar from La Brioute. Meanwhile, on the West Coast, Leah and Moshe Appel have been churning out hamantaschen for well over a week already from the ovens in their bakery in Victoria, B.C.'s public market location. They made the traditional flavors like poppy and prune and also blueberry compote, and these holiday treats will be available in their store not just for Purim, which ends this week, but for the rest of March. The Appel's bakery and store is called My Way Bikery, and they've been running it for only two months. And how it got that unusual name is a good story, too, which we'll tell you later. But the story of the Appel's business venture is not just a kosher food journey. It's also a love story, which reunited these two ex-Montrealers who'd known each other since they were kids. After many years apart and marriages to other people, People, now they're business partners and life partners too. The Appels feel they're filling a need on Vancouver Island for observant Jewish foodies to eat. Because who else is going to do it in this small community if we don't? I'm Ellen Besner, and this is what Jewish Canada sounds like for Monday, March the 6th, 2023. It's Purim, the Jewish holiday, when in the 5th century BC, the Jews of Persia were saved from being murdered. Welcome to the CJN Daily, a podcast of the Canadian Jewish News, sponsored by Metropia. Leah Appel had started baking and selling her own challahs from the Appel's home in Nanaimo, which is 100 kilometers away from Victoria, and they were seriously thinking about expanding. They'd even picked out a name, My Way Bakery. Meanwhile, around the same time, a bakery in Victoria run by a non-Jewish man that had been making certified kosher challahs had to close for good because of a family health emergency. That store was called The Bikery because the owner literally used to ride around town selling pretzels on his bicycle. The Appels were customers, they agreed to buy the business, and they merged the names of both stores, so it became the My Way Bikery Bakery. Coming up, the Appels will be here to talk hamantaschen, going totally kosher, and inventing the chalnut, right after this short message. During World War II, the Nazis began a little-known program of extermination for their own children. In Peter Klenot's new mystery thriller, The Unwanted, 14-year-old Hannah Ziegler is being driven by her grandfather and her psychiatrist to a euthanasia center. 16-year-old Silky Hartenstein graces the cover of Nazi propaganda magazines. Avi Kreisler is a Munich police detective rounded up for Dachau. And a patrician father hopes his son, David McAuliffe, will be elected the first Catholic president of the United States. In The Unwanted, in the aftermath of war, revenge brings these four people together in ways unimaginable. The Unwanted. Do not skip to the last page. Find it at Amazon and Barnes & Noble. And joining me now from their bakery are Moshe and Leah Appel. Thank you. It's uh, it's a pleasure to be here. Tell me, is there anything particular about the kind of hamantaschen that you make or, you know, someone's recipe that you use? Well, much like every recipe in the bakery, it's, it's my recipe that I formulated. Um, an interesting part about it is that actually our 10-year-old made the dough, and she's quite good at it. Um, what's another interesting thing? I was just test baking some, and all I had in the bakery was blueberry filling. Um, because we're the highest level of kosher, I have to have the mashkiach come in and turn on my um, burners 
for me in order to be able to cook fillings. So I made blueberry, which isn't traditional, but they sold out anyway, and everybody seemed to like them. So we make our we make our own Nutella as well. That's vegan because we're parv, and I'm considering putting those in. Actually, I asked Jess to make a double batch of Nutella today. So Moshe, last time I spoke to you, you were an IT guy and doing political backroom and then, you know, more political stuff. And now you're running a bakery. How did that not switch happen? <laughs> well, <clears throat> that's a really good story. We, um, we were living in Victoria at the time. And um, I was not as happy with, with the, uh, the job that I had. So we decided to move to Nanaimo, BC, which is up, up island a bit. And um, the, the, the only kosher bakery on all of Vancouver Island was right here in Victoria. And it was called The Bikery. And <clears throat> when we lived in Victoria, if I wanted kosher goods, I just had to import it from the bikery. Now, when we lived in Nanaimo, we couldn't do that anymore. So uh, one Shabbos, I, I said, oh, you know, we really should have challah. And she said, I can make challah. And I said, all right, make challah. And she made challah. Uh, and it was so good. I said, oh, you have to sell this. And, and we started talking. And it, it sort of went from an idea that we had to a plan that we were coming up with. We sold to a couple of our friends. Yeah, we said, oh, we're making challah. And everyone in Nanaimo was like, oh, you make challah. So let me try your challah. Mm-hmm. And we said, well, it's going to be kosher style because it's going to be in our home kitchen. And we sold to a bunch of friends. And she, uh, she has a bunch of cookie recipes that she liked making. So one day, I contacted the owner of the, of the bakery here. And I, uh, I said... Uh, you know, we really like to open a kosher bakery in Nanaimo, and I know that you run the only kosher bakery in Vancouver Island. Um, maybe we can trade tips or suppliers or whatever. And he said, actually, I'm trying to leave BC uh, to move back to Nova Scotia. So would you like to just take over my bakery? And we said, well, you know, we, we'd like to, you know, start our own bakery, um, but we wouldn't mind taking over the site and maybe continuing some of the things that you were doing. And we, got, we went back and forth, and eventually we decided, yep, you know what, we're going to do this. So we quit our jobs, um, and we, we moved basically full, almost full-time to Victoria, and um, we started running the bakery. And um, slowly but surely, she got rid of most of the other guys' recipes and, uh, and, and, and did her own. Yeah. Um, and uh, and it's really kind of blossomed from there. Really. We're very excited about the bagel because he had a bagel that was standard here, and it was because it was vegan, so there was a lot of wholesale for the vegan bagel, <clears throat> and people were used to it. And I said no because I wanted to bring a Montreal style bagel, and we had some pushback at the beginning, but now people are just loving it. So we're doing Montreal as we can without a wood fire oven. So you have a wood fired oven here? We'd like to eventually get one. Because, you know, you go to Montreal, you go to Real Bagel or all those places, you see the guy with the white apron shoveling bagels out of a wood stove. And we thought that would be great. Uh, but the more we got talking about it, uh, the more we were told, especially because a lot of these places are in the city, they said you can't get a permit because you have to have wood fire burning all, all the time. Uh, it, it's very, you, you got to apply for the permit from the city and most of the time they won't grant it because it's dirty, blah, blah, blah. So we said, okay, well, we'll do the Montreal style without the wood oven. And we have a friend who actually runs the Baking Association of Canada. And uh, he, he knows the owner of St. Vieters in Montreal. And he said, well, you could just use the St. Vieters recipe, um, but without the wood oven. So it wouldn't have that char. 
but it would be close enough. And one of the things that we had to overcome is the, the, the Montreal-style bagel is boiled in honey water. And in order to maintain our bagel as vegan, we couldn't use honey water. So previously they were just using water. Um, but, we, but she thought, well, why don't we do something that, that would be sweet to the water, but it wouldn't be honey. So she she uses I think maple syrup, brown sugar. Brown sugar there's maple, maple syrup. syrup in the dough, and there's brown sugar in the water. So it's sweet, but it's still vegan because it's using the the natural products. So let me talk about this whole hechsher and vegan stuff because uh, on the the website and when you look at it, you talk it talks about parva Israel and then pas. So not pas p u s guys p a s. Can you explain what that actually means in terms of specifics? I think Moshe's better to explain that. So, <clears throat> essentially, in order for us to run this bakery, we had to decide on the kind of level of, of kashrut that we wanted to follow. Because there's, of course, different levels of, of kashrut and there's different supervisions that we could go with. Now, this bakery was actually started basically like a pet project of the Chabad of Vancouver Island. And the, the previous owner was, was non-Jewish, was, uh, was friends with Rabbi Mayor Kaplan of the Vancouver Island Chabad. And he said, well, my, um, my friend is uh, Rabbi Mendel Fagelstock, whose father is the head of the base Din in Vancouver, but his son runs um, the BC Kosher Check which is, uh, it used to be called the BCK, but it's now the BC Kosher Check. And it, it supervises according to uh, Par of Pas Yisrael, which it, in summary is the level of kashrut that the Chabad use. Um, so the, uh, for example, some of the Heshers uh, would be like MK Dairy. We can't use MK Dairy because even though it's kosher, it's not supervised to the level of dairy. The dairy that they use uh, is Cholav Yisroel, which you, you need to basically, from cow to bottle or carton, it needs to be supervised by a mashkiach. And the only farm that, that operates uh, using Cholav Yisroel uh, is the uh, Mahadran Dairy in New Jersey. And uh, they import, actually, to Montreal, to the Mahadran Milk um, Wholesaler. So we said we wanted to do uh, whatever you guys eat because we wanted everyone from the highest orthodox to the lowest conservative, not to say the conservatives are lower, reform. Um, we want to be able to, to give the food to uh, the Chabad and, and their children and their family and stuff. Basically, it has to be kosher, kosher, kosher. Um, it's very expensive. And when people ask us why we charge like $17 for a tuna sandwich, that's why. They, and they tried to talk us out of it because it was a lot of schlep. But in the end, it was good because the rabbi can come here uh, with his kids and he can come here with his wife and he can sit down and he can have a cup of coffee because otherwise he couldn't have coffee outside because they can't use the dishes at like Starbucks or whatever. We're keeping a level of kashrut that Orthodox people can eat because a good, I don't know, 10 to 20% of our business is orthodox people and we have a huge amount of business with synagogues why would you want to get yourself besides that it's 10 to 20 percent of your business 
to this level of kashrut in a place where there isn't a huge Jewish community. We, we had num numerous conversations because like she said, it's only about 20% of our business that requires the level of kashrut that we operate under. So it would be a lot cheaper for us to be like, we'll just do tuna, and if we want to do blintzes, we can do regular blintzes or whatever. We can do kosher style. Um, but the Chabad wanted a bakery on the island that it could use for all the events. So we get the Jewish community in Victoria, we get the Jewish community elsewhere on the island, we get the Jewish community on the mainland. Um, there, there are a lot of people in Vancouver, um, but people who come to the island to, to vacation. It's beautiful here, it's gorgeous. So when they come to Victoria, they want to be able to it's, eat. Even though the majority of people who pass by aren't even Jewish, it's, it's a match made in heaven because I am the only person on the island that I know who is Jewish, has the knowledge of the kashrut, and has a background in culinary so that the food is good enough that everybody comes and they return and they buy more. But a rabbi from Calgary can pass by and be like, oh, thank goodness you're here because I had nothing to eat. And we, we get a lot of uh, people coming up from Seattle, um, we get a lot of people coming up from California um, and Florida and Arizona. They come here. Uh, we, get, um, we, get, we get calls from Israel um, asking us to, to do platters for people. For shivas and stuff. Like locally. They're like, you know, I'm, I'm in Israel. I have a cousin that lives in Victoria. Um, can, you, can you do a, a sandwich platter for his shiva? Or, or can you can you do like a? I want to send him a gift uh, of cookies for his birthday or something. Yeah. So to summarize, financially, it's probably not worth it, <laughs> no. but it's good for the neshama. Well, tell me a bit about your uh, Moshe. When I met you two and a half years ago by Zoom, and we interviewed you about the blood ban, I did not realize that you were observant. Is this something new? Um, I, I was always very observant. But I was married to a woman for a long time who told me that, that I was kind of embarrassing her. So I tried to practice a little bit less. But when I, when I was with Leah, I, she's like, well, you know, if you want to go to shul, you should go to shul. So I, um, I, I go for the gusto. So the more observant I became, the closer I became to being the person that I want to be. And from a marketing standpoint, it's amazing, and I'll show you. Leah came up with this idea where um, they would put me on the business card. So they have a guy with tzitzim and, and, a, and a kippah holding a loaf of challah. And, and everyone now comes by the store, and they look, and they're like, you're the guy. You're, you're the, the sticker guy. guy. You're the guy with the, with the strings and the thing on his head. I'm like, yeah, I know. But so, Leah, I mean, tell me about yourself, um, your religious observant uh, trajectory. Well, I think we sort of grew into it together. How long do you have? <laughs> Moshe and I know each other almost our entire lives. We were like bestest, bestest friends as children. Um, he was more observant than I was because he had the opportunity to be more observant than I was. And then we both sort of floated away and had our own lives and our own journeys. Um, both of us lost our observancy over time. And when we got back together, he said to me, I'd like to be observant. And he, he posed it to me as like a problem. And I was like, what are you, this is me. What are you talking about? Put on the kippah, wear the tzitzim, I don't care. 
Um, and the truth is that the Chabad was the only game in town, really, for us in Nanaimo. So we went there, and their level of observancy is very high. And through time, we became close with them, we became close with the family, our children became, like, you know, friends with their children. And we just increased our observancy bit by bit by bit as we were going there. So yeah, we sort of grew into observancy together. Okay, I want to talk to you about some of the couple of things that are on your social media. So yes. tell me how you invented the Chalnads. That's her story. Oh my goodness. So Moshe, okay, Moshe is a marketing genius. Don't let him fool you. He really is. And he has all this faith in me. All the faith in me. More than I have. So he, um, he was running our business out of our kitchen, out of his social media, actually. He drummed up an amazing amount of business just that way. And somebody messaged him and said, can you make a sweet challah bun? And he said, sure. This is how much for a dozen. And he charged him and he sold them. And then he comes to me and he says, honey, somebody ordered a dozen sweet challah buns. And I said, no, they didn't. I don't know how to make that. And he said, well, he already paid, so figure it out. And I said, no. And he said, well, of course you can, because you're you. And I said, fine. So I decided to take challah and stuff it with jelly, close it, let it proof again, cover it in raw sugar, and that would be the sweet challah bun. I um, hated making them. They're still so hard to make. Hi, this is Raya. <laughs> this is our daughter, Raya. <laughs> Hi. That's Helen Besner with uh, Canadian Jewish News. Hi. Hi. Um, they're so hard to make. I, I would I would look at them. I would be in my home kitchen by myself and I would look at them and Mo would say, what is wrong with you? I would say, I hate you. I, I wish I never invented you. <laughs> I hate you so much. Um, but they've become a thing. That's the only thing that people want. Um, so we've come up with some methodologies of making them a little bit easier to make, but they're still really hard to make and labor intensive. Do you use like a muffin tin or what do you do with them? No, I use my hands and my experience. <laughs> so what I do is I take a piece of challah dough and then I roll it out flat. I fill it with jelly and I have to seal it like a dumpling. And I put it seam side down and then it has to proof a second time where I pray that the jelly doesn't pop out. And then I paint it with egg and I cover it with raw sugar and we bake it at which point a lot of the times the jelly does pop out but people don't care because they just like all the jelly i do want to ask and i have to ask you're in a public market what security issues or anti-semitism issues have you had at all if any so far we've been very lucky i have to say on the island there's almost like a like a jewish fetish people really <laughs> like jews here and they really are interested because moshe wears the team jersey let's say he gets stopped all the time People will just stop him on the street and go, Shalom! My grandfather was half Jewish. Let's talk about Judaism. Like, it's, we've been very, very lucky. We haven't experienced any anti-Semitism, at least in the storefront. Well, because um, Victoria I, had problems. Uh, at, there was a threat at the Jewish Film Festival. Victoria uh, has had problems um, quite a bit, actually, especially in the last year or so. There are always threats. Uh, and the Chabad of Vancouver Island, um, their their building has been defaced a couple of times. By uh, they, they they caught the the kids and they actually gave them uh, give Rabbi Kaplan a public apology. But for the most part, 
we, we've been very lucky. I mean, compared to Montreal, it's nothing. Maybe that's why I don't see it. Well, no, because Montreal, there's swastikas everywhere, and oh, they no. knock over. Yeah. You know, I remember they knock over gravestones. It's a whole. But unfortunately, um, BC anti-Semitism is actually growing. So we're, we're definitely um, we're definitely aware of who we are and what we represent. Yeah, I think really the only anti-Semitism that I've experienced here is is it's the good-hearted type it's the you know like oh you're black I have a black friend type of thing like oh you're Jewish and I know a Jew which is a little bit tone deaf but it's not hateful I'm, I'm, I'm fairly public um, with my support for Israel um, we were warned when we took over this bakery that Moshe should be less of a Zionist and I I don't believe in that he should be who he is like we have the blue box out and the Israeli flag is on it so People know where we stand. If people want to get in touch with you, can I put the website and everything? Yes? Absolutely. And orders and what have you? Orders, uh, contact at mywaybikery.ca is our email. And that's what Jewish Canada sounds like for this episode of the CJN Daily, sponsored by Metropia. Integrity, community, quality, and customer care. Today's listener shout-out goes to Jared Goldberg of the Prosserman and Schwartz Riesman JCCs and Cal Kranitz, who provided us with the sound of the Enchanted Purim Party, which they organized, and we played off the top of our show. And we'll end with the sound from another Purim Party. This one is from Belleville, Ontario, as community leader Norm Wedham read out the Megillah, and you know what happens when they get to the name of the bad guy. Thanks to our friend Hadass Breitman for sending the audio. Yes, Esther said, but... I would appreciate it if you gave a king and amen. <laughs>